0: Aloha, and welcome back. You're listening to Soul Dancer, the author of Pay Me What I'm Worth, and we're going to dive into a follow-up with Milo Shapiro. Last week, we restarted our blogtalkradio.com live talk radio series by a rebroadcast of an interview that Milo Shapiro played on his own station. You can learn more about Milo Shapiro at miloshapiro.com. This time, I get to turn the tables. I'm going to interview Milo so that you get to learn more about this amazing man. I am sincerely excited about introducing to you a gentleman I met. Oh, my gosh. I met Milo Shapiro, who is the founder of The Improv Guy, public speaking coach. I met Milo years and years and years ago at an event where we got to know each other outside of your typical business networking environment. And what struck me immediately is this man is the change our world needs to see. Milo, welcome to the show.
1: Oh, my gosh. If I had an intro like that, I'd be getting interviewed every single day. Wow.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, oh I speak
0: from goodness. the heart. I mean, you are. You are the change our world needs.
1: Well, thank you. I, I like to be a part of that. <laughs> it certainly is, is heartwarming to see things that you do making a difference in people's lives, and it makes it so much more fun to face all the challenges that come along.
0: Mm-hmm. Very true. Now, Milo, I feature people who have taken that brave step to be what they want to be. I feature people who are following their nose. They are actually earning what they need to earn to live the life that they want to live, how they want to live it. And I remember when I was first getting to know you, you were talking about the struggle you had breaking from the corporate nine-to-five into what you're doing now. So why don't we begin there? Set us the stage on that day that you said, you know what, I'm done. I can't do this nine-to-five anymore. i got to go do my public speaking.
1: One thing led to the other kind of situation, and just thankfully I was open to hearing it. I was in my day job, and around the time that the Internet and websites were popping up left and right, somebody sent me a link to a website for a company, oh, I think it was back in Maryland, I know it was East Coast, where someone was using improvisation for team building. Now, you have to look at what my life was like at that point. I was showing up at my day job that I was not fulfilled by at all, every day, and all of my evenings, my weekends, even my vacations were built around improvisation because my vacations were spent going to Canada and San Francisco and L.A. to learn from the masters. So. I just, I remember saying to someone at one point, yeah, I love it, but you can't make a living doing improv. I had to really change my mindset on that over time. Well, one day they went through a merger and then we were overstaffed and about a quarter of us were offered a voluntary separation package if we were willing to leave the company. I don't know, honestly, looking back, if I would have ever had the guts without that. It just gave me that little kick to say, It's time to look at if this is what you're going to do with your life. And the fact that you made a decision at 18, I mean, who knows what they want to do with their life at 18, that at 18 you chose a major in computer science. Is that what you're going to do with the rest of your life because of that choice? And with a little bit of money, not a ton, but a little bit of money given to me to to say, yes, go with our blessing, I decided I was going to do it. So I started Improv Ventures with no idea that I was going to be doing public speaking, but with this thrill about the idea of doing this team building course that I named Team Provising, where I would take hundreds of games of improvisation, make them simple enough for beginners to have fun with them, and do a program focused on listening skills, building on each other's ideas, and nonverbal communication, and other things like that. And everyone should have fun, that team building should be fun, but that there should be something with learning that we could bring back to the office. And and that program is what led to people saying to me, you want to get out and speak about this. Don't work with groups of 10, 15, 20 at a time, but get you know an audience of 300 playing these games together. And that took a whole new level of leap of, what do you mean public speak? I didn't even know that was a career. Uh, and I found the National Speakers Association, took programs through them, and got the first little mini opportunity to get up in front of a group of people and discovered that it was fun and interesting and that people reacted to my stories well and I could do the games in larger settings as long as I chose specific games that worked well for that. And that led to the speech that I give most now called, We Gotta Fail to Succeed. And that's about moving past the fear of failure by trying things new ways. The lesson that I learned through all of this is, you gotta take those chances and if you fail, yeah, you fail. It's not, oh, a failure. It's not failure. Uh, that was a hard part to, to face, that things could go wrong and it didn't mean that I was a failure or that the, the end had come. It just meant that I learned another thing that either had to be done differently or choose something different.
0: Mm. Well, you touched upon a number of key items there. The number one that I keep hearing you say is be willing to risk. Yeah? Yeah. In that mindset of being willing to risk, with your 2020 hindsight, Looking back now, Mm -hmm. what did you blow up that shouldn't have been blown up? What were some of those anthills that you created into mountains? Now looking back, you realize, ah, it was such an (laughs) anthill.
1: The biggest one was actually leaving. Uh, the, the handing in that form that said I would accept the, the, uh, the, the disappearance and, and bye-bye, I'm no longer a computer programmer. I wasn't sleeping. I wasn't eating. I, I was I'm literally just sitting in a chair trembling at the thought of leaving this place. And now I look back on it I was like, if, I, if it didn't work out, I would have put my resume out and found another computer programming job in probably <laughs> five to six weeks. Another one was technology. It was the fear that, oh, there's just so much to learn. And then now more than there was then, too. This is, you know, I left my job. I handed in the form in 99 and actually left in 2000. Just oh, the starting of a business. I really thought that's going to be incredibly complicated to start a business. And I, mean, I don't mean like getting the work. I mean just having a business. And you go downtown, you fill out a form, you pay a fee, you register a domain, and you, you get a website up. It's not rocket science to to start Mm -hmm. a business, but somehow that, oh, I'm getting insurance. I won't have insurance. I won't have insurance. You know how you get insurance? You call, and Mm -hmm. and you compare four rates, or better yet, you call the guy that I now use who shops around for me every couple of years to see if I'm still getting the best rate, and you write a check, but I just was so afraid of not having insurance. I've got insurance, and I can pay the Mm -hmm. bills for it because, as I've learned from you, I I get paid what I'm worth.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, blushing you're blushing. Thank you. Part of getting paid what you're worth Mm -hmm. is knowing your limits, setting healthy boundaries. In the team-building presentations and exercises that you do in your collaborative work, when a company hires you to do team-building, what are some of those exercises that you do? Can you give us a taste test of how you can build healthy boundaries?
1: There's one exercise we do that we're throwing a ball in a certain way, in a certain pattern, and what people get caught up in is, I've got to do my task. Who cares how well you handle your task? And so people throw the ball to the person whether they're ready or not. And sometimes that person is chasing the last ball, and I can't tell you how many times I've seen people throw to a place where there isn't even a person anymore. They're too busy trying to make sure their part is done and not the other person. It's what I call throwing to the empty hole. And what we come back to when we process the game is, and and everybody has noticed this happening because all the balls are going there and suddenly there are no balls left, is where in your business world and maybe in your personal world do you sometimes throw to the empty hole? And where are you potentially the empty hole and people are throwing to you anyway? Mm -hmm. I, I had a boss. I use this example sometime who figured – we were driving each other crazy. I thought, I can never work for this woman. She just – we just batted heads all the time, even though she was a nice person. And uh, I can't impersonate her without doing her accent. I hope I don't (laughs) offend anyone. But she had had – it's just she's not Damiana without that thick accent because she was Korean and never tried to to soften her accent. So she comes into my cubicle one day, and and again, forgive me for how this sounds, but it's a better story this way, and she says to me, you know, I figure out why you hard to work with. And I said, Why am I hard to work with? She goes, I give you one assignment, you do good job. I give you two good assignments, you do good job on both. I give you three, all three go good. I give you fourth assignment, your head explode. I said, What? She goes, Yeah, I finally figure out. I just not give you a fourth assignment. You can't work on it now anyway. I realized when she said it, that's probably true. I was trying so hard to, to keep my mind on the first three that I don't want anything new to think about right now, especially when I won't be able to work on it for several days because I've got other stuff. So she would watch my input queue, and every time something went out, she would add one more, and I could handle that. That was throwing to the empty hole to me, was trying to throw to me when I had three things on my plate already. We kept in touch for years after, I, after she left and then after I left. She's a wonderful person. But we had to figure out where we were crossing each other's borders, like you were saying. And, and everybody reacts differently to different things. Some people, it's don't talk to them in the last 20 minutes of the day because they're going to remember nothing because they're checked out. Mm-hmm. Is it good? No, but it's real. So we have to take people for where they are and make the best of it.
0: Exactly. You touch upon what we really hammer on in Chapter 9 of Pay Me What I'm Worth, and that's ethics and integrity. And as folks, forgive me for repeating things that you probably have heard a million times, thank you again for listening in and following this series, and for those who are brand new to the show. Ethics and integrity, I keep things really simple when it comes to ethics. Your word equals your deed. And so, Milo, what I was hearing is at a certain point, you sensed your word could not be your deed when you get overloaded.
1: Oh, yeah. I, I know that's still true. She she nailed me. It's not something that was just about a computer programming. If I don't feel like I'm going to be able to do a really good job, then I start getting unnerved because I'm not one who – you know, if I don't end up doing a great job, I can deal with that. But going in feeling like I'm not going to do a good job is very unnerving to me. And so that that would be a problem for me, sure.
0: In the second half of this show, what I'd like to dive into is let's start pre-qualifying the types of clients that need you. Now, you're in San Diego, but I have to assume with the airport not too far from where you live, you're able to venture off to wherever you are needed to be, Yeah.
1: Yeah, if I'm doing the public speaking coaching, I tend not to travel. I tend to do that on Skype because it's more of a one-on-one for the long distance. So I've coached people. We haven't even gotten to talk about my public speaking coaching. But that that I've done as far away as Japan. If I'm doing team building, I'm certainly not going to do that by Skype. So, yeah, I'm all over the country with that. And for motivational speaking, working with whole audiences, wherever the conference is, that's where I am.
0: Give me some characteristics of a company that really need you.
1: It depends on which of my products it is that would make a difference. So let's talk team building first. If a group is working together and they need to work together, they're not all at their own desks, and hardly interacting, they have to count on each other, then being able to communicate effectively can be a real payoff to the group, to not feel like things are getting lost. One of the things that I find comes up is people saying, I probably could have knocked something out in five minutes if I got help, but I didn't want to ask because I didn't want to interfere. I didn't want to look like I didn't know. I, there's that feeling of I have to hold my own here. Uh, so when we can let our guards down a little bit and allow people to help us, then that five minutes, that, that Can turn into an hour doing something on your own. So when people aren't necessarily getting along well, that's, that's a good sign. And it could just be one person. I had one group hire me and the woman said, here's the one to watch. We're doing this entire team building so that people can get along with her. And so that was good information for me to have up front. I kept making sure she was always paired with different people and I tended, when we did paired exercises to hover a little closer and give feedback there. So, and it can also just be a reward thing. If your team has been, is doing great and you want to do something fun to show you appreciate them, then a team-building event with these improv games that are a lot of fun bring out the creativity in each other and, and make people want to stay there. And one of the things I say is people ask, what's the ROI on it? Well, what's the, what's the payoff when they hang up on a headhunter, when a job opportunity elsewhere comes along and they think, I don't want to leave this place. This is a great place to work. And we have to keep feeding that So something like a team-building event helps do that. For the conferences, uh, good clients or anyone who do those kind of off-site days where you want something uplifting in your program that isn't talking about the thing you sell or the service you do that's going to really keep the conference lively and light. I work out well as the kickoff for a conference or sometimes even better, right in the middle to kind of wake people up to stay for the second half of it. For public speaking coaching, where I really have the payoff is people who get up in front of a group and just aren't holding the audience and whether it's, it's sales or it's, it's something you have to do for you know, the, the annual staff meeting, if people are playing on their smartphones, it's a good sign you're probably not doing enough to, to hold their attention. And there's just so much we can do to help people really take a speech and become more of a show. That's one of the things I say to people is, I don't want this to be the John giving a speech. I want to turn this into the John show, where people can't take their eyes off the stage. And if that's not you, then, then maybe that's a good time to look at having some coaching.
0: Mm, well put. Well put. So folks, think about this. Getting paid what you're worth has a lot to do with you getting out there and showing people who you are, as you will discover in Chapter 2. We do one of the most robust skill inventories under the sun. And one of the biggest disconnects about people disrespecting you One of the biggest disconnects about people lying to you, cheating you, downright doing nasty things, is because they don't know you. They don't know who you are. And so by you getting in front of people and being genuinely comfortable and confident with who you are, you need Milo to help you polish those skills. Milo, based on where you are now, which is a complete sum of what you have done so far, (laughs) Where do you see yourself growing into?
1: Oh, wow. I don't want to be doing something different. I think I'm really happy Mm -hmm. with that. There's little ventures like starting my podcast has been fun and writing my newspaper column has been fun. But those feel like they're, they're parts of the same. Where I want to be in five years is doing what I'm doing now, just doing more of it. (laughs) I would love to be – I want my reputation to grow to the point where phone is ringing more with me marketing it less because any time I spend marketing is is time spent not doing my passion but helping put it into effect. And I don't resent the marketing time because it takes that to be there. Uh, But if I could be spending less time on the marketing and more – on the plane going to the conference or driving down to the one downtown San Diego if it's being held here, working with my clients, having them back-to-back waiting for those appointments. That's that's really where I want to be five years from now because I really love what I am doing. I think the fact that I do three different things helps. It's very hard to feel like you're in a rut when one day you're working on team building, the next day you're working on your speeches, the day after that you've got five clients that you're helping. It helps prevent me from getting burnout and I think I could cycle through these three things and maybe a little more performance. It would be fun to get back on stage a little bit more. Doing the corporate shows has taken a backseat to the other work that I'm doing. It would be fun to do a little more of that as well.
0: Well, folks, again, if this were a visual call, meaning a Skype call where you could see my face, it would be absolutely wrinkled up with smiles eye to eye because, Milo, you are where I hope people get by the end of my book and the work that they do. When you tell me that you just want to be doing more of what you're already doing, you've reached that end game that I ask people to think about. Because to me, I think life is too short to be doing something you don't want to be doing. So I want to thank you for being in that space where, to me, when I hear your response, I envision a farmer. And as we all know, farmers spend a tremendous amount of time preparing the soil, planting the crops, Having the patience to allow the crops to grow, but then there comes that time in the harvest season where you're busier than all get out. And to me, Milo, when I hear what you're saying, what you're doing, is you're planting so many crops in so many different areas that your dream about being abundantly busy is just not an if, but certainly a when. Oh, <laughs> <Well>,
1: thank
0: you. <laughs> MiloShapiro.com, and may I give out your work number? Yes, let me do it. Six one nine. And once again, folks, just in case you want to call him direct, Milo Shapiro, 619-542-0761. Milo, it's been a treat reconnecting to you. Once again, imagine me bowing before you, knowing that this monk is so delighted that you are being the change this world needs.
1: Oh, it was really a pleasure, and I don't get to speak to Hawaii every day. So, aloha. I hope the weather is as gorgeous there as it is in San Diego right now.
0: As we come to a close to this show, I thank you for again listening. And by all means, make sure you stroll down memory lane with us by listening to the on-demand shows as well. You can listen to a whole archive of, of recorded shows that have been going on for over three years now. Lots of very good information in there. Soul dancer here. I encourage you to visit our main site at pay411.co. Again, pay411.co. You'll learn more about the different products and programs that we have going. If you want to be paid to run what basically is known as a book club, if you want to be paid to run a book club, why don't you give me a call back at 312 268 all zeros. For everyone who's been listening over the years, again, thank you so much for listening in. Know that I appreciate you taking the time and the effort to listen. You've just met another person, Milo Shapiro, who has taken the risk to follow his nose and be that change he feels drawn to be. I have no doubts that you connecting with Milo, talking with him directly, if you need help with honing your public speaking skills – if you're one of those managers who are pulling your hair out because you just can't seem to coalesce your team, I would suggest you giving 619-542-0761 a call. And once again, thank you for listening. Bye for now. Hi, Sol here, author of Pay Me What I'm Worth. Did you catch our last Confidence series, If you missed it, you need to click to bit.ly forward slash confidence 2013 So bit.ly forward slash confidence 2013 You get to listen to a cast of 8 people, lively characters on their 12 week journey as they improve their confidence. Be on our show live for 12 weeks in a row. Click to bit.ly forward slash confidence 2013 again bit.ly forward slash confidence 2013 with lucky landslots you can get lucky just about anywhere
1: dearly beloved we are gathered here today to has anyone seen the bride and groom sorry